Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Greetings, everyone. Happy Monday night. It is November 13, 2023. Coming at you a little earlier tonight with Michigan basketball playing St. John's at 630. Of course, Anthony Broom here with our two guys who just got home from Penn State, Chris Ballas, Clayton Safey. Fellas, welcome in. Uh, Not a bad weekend of football, huh? A fun weekend of football, especially when the Lions win and Michigan wins and uh, Michigan State. What would Michigan State do? I didn't even see that game. They lost by 35, but the point oh, stands. The point stands. Okay, it was a great week of football. So fun. And uh, go Lions, man. They're for real. It's fun to watch this team. Literally the most fun Lions team that I've been, ever been able to watch in my lifetime. And as somebody referred to me, one of our uh, esteemed fans from other schools, Grandpa Ballas. I am a grandpa. And uh, and uh, in my lifetime, so I'm pretty old. I've seen a lot of Lions teams. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. And then Michigan on Saturday, incredible victory, um, you know, considering all the circumstances and even not considering the circumstances. I'm sure we'll get into it, but, um, you know, just a fantastic weekend and a fun one in uh, in State College. Yeah, sure. No doubt, guys. It was great to be there. Anthony, we missed you, but we're going to be going to Maryland on Saturday. Going to be a lot of fun. Will Jim Harbaugh be on the sidelines? Let's talk about that. Yeah. That's that's the interesting thing. It seems like we are maybe due for a couple quiet days here. I use quiet in air quotes when I say that, but there will be a hearing on Friday. We'll get into that stuff. Jim Harbaugh spoke to the media today and uh, spoke about how he's working through something in terms of maybe some sort of virus. Uh, I have a bit of a cold as well, so uh, forgive me if I'm playing a point guard a little more tonight, uh, distributing, doing my best Doug McDaniel impersonation here. Do but, some push-ups uh, and eat an apple, baby. Come on. I'm I'm heading right to do that as soon as we get off of this show because it's a long night, a lot of work to still do. But uh, before we get into the show, we'll discuss Jim Harbaugh's press conference. We'll get into some of the, uh, you know, maybe our last thoughts on the Penn State game, get into a little bit of Michigan basketball talk and take some questions at the end. We're going to try and keep this one a little shorter just to account for a basketball game week or a basketball game night and everything that's going on there. But before we do that, would like to talk to you guys about our pal Susie Surma. Uh, is now the time you should sell? The market is definitely hot for sellers out there. The key is still having the right agent list your home to maximize your potential earnings. 
Having the right realtor can change the outcome substantially, and it's extremely important to have someone who will give you honest advice and provide a marketing strategy. Susie Surma is the local expert that can help you through this process, and we all have questions like, are you ready to make the move but not sure where to start? Contact Susie Surma today. She's going to answer all of those questions for you as you prepare your home for the market. Is my home ready to list? A great realtor can be the difference maker there on how much your home sells for and how quickly. Susie Surma's listing evaluation includes a marketing strategy plan. So do yourself a solid. Contact her today to book an appointment. It's a huge decision to sell your home. And I know for me personally, having experienced the housing market as an adult that has debts and bills and, and such now, uh, I want an experienced agent like Susie Surma on my side. So contact Susie today. Start your customized home evaluation. You can contact her at 248-767-5633 or email her at Susie, that's S-U-S-I-E, at modisre.com. That's M-O-T, M-O-T, sorry, spelling B. Again, M-O-T-U-S-R-E.com. Uh, so yeah, contact Susie Surma today. And thank you, uh, Susie, for your sponsorship of the Wolverine.com podcast. Fellas, Jim Harbaugh press conference today uh, after his his uh, his Big Ten ex, um, imposed exile from Happy Valley on Saturday. Of course, he was in town watching watching the game from somewhere. He said his face was about five inches from the TV when Sharon Moore gave him the shout out at the end of the game. But this is the first time we've had a chance to hear from him since the Big Ten suspension came down on Friday and all of the drama with the court stuff. And is he going to coach? Is he not going to coach? And I got to say this, guys, um, Jim Harbaugh, some of his, I don't know if classic is the word, but some of his all-time press conferences have come in the weirdest, most awkward, ridiculous moments of his coaching tenure at Michigan. And for what my money's worth, uh, today's may have been the one that took the cake. He was on fire. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, it was funny because he would said when I go, go out, I need a little bit of a break. I go feed the chickens or whatever. And I was the one that asked him. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. After the question, do you really have chickens? And then he goes into the chicken speech. And that was fantastic. And he apologized to the chickens for calling them previously a nervous bird. And that's why he didn't eat chickens. And he said, I got to apologize to my chicken friends and uh, talked about teenage chickens. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and it was good to see him relax a little bit, man, because this guy's been under the gun, obviously. And, uh, you know, everybody framing. You've got you've got some networks out there that are framing this like it's the biggest scandal in college football history. We've gone from guys, 85 to 90 percent of teams, you know, steal signs in some form to, oh, my God, the children are going to get hurt, you know, because people might know the signs in advance. They have proven now game after game after game that it is a minimal advantage, frankly, uh, of, you know, having knowing somebody signs in advance, which is probably what most people, if they were honest, would tell you. Uh, and some of the coaches out there are still saying it, but you got guys like Matt Rule who can't beat Maryland at home saying that, oh my God, the reason that we lost to Michigan is because they had our signs. Give me a break. Uh, it's an absolute joke. So uh, here's hoping that he's on the sidelines for Maryland and Ohio State. I do think the networks really want to see him on the sidelines against Ryan Day and Ohio State. So I think that's something that uh, is still a possibility. I think it's less likely now that uh, in speaking to people that he's on the sidelines at Maryland, but Friday was a weird night guys. Uh, Clay and I were out with uh, our friend, Bruce Cortade in at state college, who was the former head of the Michigan state bar. And we were waiting to hear uh, Michigan was optimistic. They were optimistic that they were going to get the TRO and the lawyers that we talked to said, you know, it really isn't supposed to be one of these things that gets kicked down the road. We had a couple of litigators tell us that have been in, you know, around for 40, 50 years practicing law that, 
this was bizarre that, you know what, you're supposed to get a ruling or you're not a yes or a no. They said they would have been able to live with the no, but to kick it down the road for a week. And it went from one judge to another who was on duty that night back to the other judge. And then it gets kicked down the road and nobody really knows how we'll have a story on that tomorrow, but just weird. So but kudos to this Michigan team guys for the way they responded. You could tell Clay was on the field. Clay, tell us about the, how the team responded because it certainly looked like it took the wind out of them early. Yeah, so I was actually down there waiting by the bus because there were rumors that he was either on the bus or in a car circling the stadium ready to get the decision. Bruce Feldman tweeted, I think at like 10.20, that there was expected to be a decision. And then at 10.30, all the other announcements come down that there wasn't going to be, you know, the judge wasn't going to do something by game time. And then, of course, the hearing, you know, comes out that there'll be a hearing on Friday. But as that news started to kind of circulate, you know, you could kind of see it on on people's faces and a lot of like kind of nods to each other of, of understanding like, okay, you know, we still got to get this done type of thing. Um, we spoke to Donovan Edwards briefly on the field and he, he's always smiling, but as he was smiling, he was saying mad face, mad face. Um, you know, they, and Jim Harbaugh told them on Friday night to play angry. He would never tell us that. Um, but Sharon Moore revealed that after the game and you could kind of see it. I mean, just the emotion, Pre-game, in-game, I mean, J.J. McCarthy barking at Chop Robinson early on in the game. Kenneth Grant with, um, you know, some huge celebrations after the plays he was making. The sideline erupting. Charles Woodson and Brandon Graham encouraging the guys. I mean, it was it was Michigan versus everybody, uh, literally, except for the fantastic turnout they got from the road fans there um, and the, the fans that were uh, heckling Franklin after the game. But uh, it was just uh, – a, a really cool experience to see that up close, um, obviously under some weird circumstances. But, um, yeah, it, you know, you're right. It was it was really impressive what this team did. And then uh, my favorite moment from the presser today was what Anthony was talking about, Jim Harbaugh, horse voice, almost like his introductory press conference back in just back December 30th, 2014, um, you know, when he didn't have his voice. And he just decides he's not sick. He said he was told he has a virus, but he's not sick. And he had just got done with a workout, and he dropped the quote, I am the iron wall that viruses bash against and shatter. Um, so that's the jackhammer right there. I thought that was incredible. And that was one of many fantastic uh, lines that he used on, on Monday afternoon. There's, There's James, James Franklin. Franklin with his, uh, as Doug Skeen would say, our, our analyst, wearing his sunglasses on a cloudy day. Just to <laughs> let everybody know how cool he is. I'm gonna We're going to give you a little bit of a break here too, Anthony, because uh, and let you talk a little bit less at times. But I wanted to go to something that Account22 said over here in the comments. TRO was blocked by an Ann Arbor lawyer, SMH No. And speaking to people at Michigan today and attorneys and people that are directly involved in this, they said the – the judges still could have made a decision. Uh, it had nothing, you know, they said, okay, it had nothing to do with the big 10 or a lawyer blocking it. Uh, they said it was still their option to make a decision here. And uh, when I talked to the people at Michigan who were optimistic about it, they said, when I asked them about, uh, you know, when it didn't come down and then it got kicked the next week and he said, absolutely wild was the response that I got. So certainly not something that they were expecting. So um, yeah, continue to shoot the messenger though, guys, when it comes to things that don't go your way, uh, we'll take those bullets just like Jim Harbaugh takes the viruses. You know what? Hopefully they bounce off our chests and, uh, uh, but it's been fun uh, covering this, not uh, we just want to cover this football team fellas. Uh, and uh, it was fun watching these guys in action on Saturday and listening to that crowd and listening to James Franklin 
getting booed in the tunnel <laughs> after losing to a team without a coach was beautiful. <laughs> and God bless Sharon Moore. Uh, anybody who says, guys, that that was, oh, my God, you know, they're playing the victim. That was emotion. You got guys coming after you just absolutely beating the living hell out of you on social media and in the media in a coordinated attack. Let's call it like it is. And, of course, you're going to be emotional, man. And, uh, and credit him. I love Sharon Moore for the emotion that he showed. And I know Jim Harbaugh did, too. Uh, we have a super chat here that just came in from our guy, Go Blue 982 who said, uh, I am a, am I a bad fan for wanting Jim's suspension to, to hold so I can laugh at my OSU friends for their team losing to a team run by a substitute teacher? Um, that kind of lines up with where I wanted to go with how I feel about all this, is that if Saturday did anything for me personally, now make no mistake about it, I think that, what the big 10 did to Jim Harbaugh last week was I think so transparently I'm going to, I'll use rotten as the word for it. I mean, and I'm sure, you know, from their perspective, it's, Oh, well, you know, we just want to make sure that Michigan maybe gets a dose of how these other teams felt having to change their stuff up super quick. I mean, here's my thing is that Saturday for me reaffirmed that I don't care about any of this and that as long as this team just goes out there and handles its business, Jim Harbaugh or not, they're the best team in the Big Ten because they have the best players in the Big Ten at multiple positions. They have the best assistant coaching staff in the Big Ten. And ultimately, when you look at and I'm not arguing that Jim Harbaugh shouldn't be there. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. And, and that's where I'll ask you next, Chris, where we think this goes mm-hmm. this week. But um, if anything, I mean, that's that's what's turned this ship around for Michigan under Jim Harbaugh is they have elite coaches. They have elite players. And they just have this don't give an F. They've seen everything type of attitude. And I know there's a lot of low frank laying uh, a low hanging fruit takes in terms of, oh, well, this is the first coach ever that's been suspended twice near. Well, in a weird roundabout kind of way, the team is prepared for that now, too. So it just kind of feels like we'll see what happens if this team gets through this regular season undefeated and gets to the playoff. But in the here and now, I mean, they still, to me, far and away, look like the best team in the Big Ten. But, Chris, I did want to ask you, now that this is where we're at, what does the rest of this week look like? Yeah, uh, first things first, the low-hanging fruit thing that we've determined on Friday night that that was uh, Clay's new nickname. Low hanging fruit. Uh, this is between the cortege and us. So, uh, thanks, mean. For, thanks for being here, mean. low hanging fruit. But uh, anyway, it's a great question. I had nothing um, to do with that reference, by the way. <laughs> that's all <laughs> us. Anyway, um, here's the thing. Um, do I think they're as confident as they were on Friday? You know, uh, absolutely not. You know, because they certainly this came out of left field and they certainly didn't expect it. And uh, so now in front of a, a judge who everybody's like, well, we, you know, he's not going to be reelected. Well, he wasn't going to be up for reelection anyway. And the way we understand it. And again, we don't know if it was uh, which judge determined this or if it was a, a collaboration that, OK, we can't come to a decision. So we need to push this to, to next Friday. Um but uh, so I don't think there's that confidence. And there are rumblings out there that Fox definitely wants to see Jim Harbaugh on the field against Ohio State. So uh, with the NCAA in at Central Michigan, Anthony Broom's alma mater uh, this week. And in fact, we were talking to people and I wrote a, a column about this today that some guys were being grilled up there today, fellas. Uh, they really want to know if that was Connor Stallions on the field. And is that because they want 
a little more ammunition for the Big Ten against Michigan on Friday. And everybody says, well, it doesn't matter because, you know, what does it have to do with Harbaugh? Well, the NCAA has said, you know, this is about Michigan. This isn't about Harbaugh. And the best way to punish Michigan overall is to punish Harbaugh. So they're looking for any evidence that they can get, right? Uh, so Which is they, ridiculous, by the it way. It is. And and if it does come out that, hey, that was counter stallions, then they can come back out on Friday and say, look, this is another thing they did, you know, that, uh, that we've proven that they did type of thing. Even though we... Uh, specifically, we have a story on this ready to go. Connor Stallions was not there in, in a capacity for Michigan, no matter what any rival might say. So we will talk about that uh, in another podcast down the road. But so will there be uh, some more negotiating? And I was talking about this on the huge show with Bill Simonson today. And he said, man, you can't back down now. He said, you're in this too far. And if you do that, then it sets a precedent here where you go to the NCAA and you don't have as good a case because you said, okay, you're, you're agreeing that, okay, we'll let our coach, you know, one more time. Whereas just a week ago, Michigan people were telling us that they weren't going to back down, even if they got a steely eyed glare from the big 10. But uh, so there are a few different ways this thing can go in the next few days, guys. Uh, I'll be honest, um, knowing what I've heard about the judge in charge of this, I would not be extremely confident if it went to Friday. Uh, and there is also talk that it could be moved to a different court. So we'll have more on that tomorrow uh, when we in a, in a column in the morning. So join us at the Wolverine.com. I think it might be better for their chances, maybe if it gets moved to a different court or federal court or whatever. Right. Based on talking to other lawyers as well. I mean, I think I've said it, but I mean, I may go get a law degree over the next couple of years here so we can cover college football these days with everything that's going on between NIL and this. Um, but no, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, I definitely don't feel as confident uh, going into Friday because the big 10 is also going to be there to be able to state their case. And maybe Fox tells them to back down. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like at this point, Tony Petiti is going to, uh, you know, back down based on him handing that suspension in a disrespectful, the disrespectful way he did where Jim Harbaugh found out because someone reached their phone in front of his face and showed him with the social media post. They didn't have the courtesy to call Ward Manuel or Jim Harbaugh directly. You would think they'd call Ward Manuel. So that that's a slap in the face to me. It feels like the Big Ten's going to try to state their case. And as Chris, we talked about on the way home yesterday, Michigan winning without its head coach and the Big Ten allowing him to coach throughout the week could be main you know, points that they're trying to make on Friday, saying this is not irreparable harm, which is one of the points that Michigan is trying to raise in its case with the court, submitting 219 pages of documents that I'm not going to read. So uh, that's, you know, it, it definitely feels like there's less of a chance and there's a lot riding on Friday, even if there's an appeal, because Friday will only be eight days out from the Ohio State game. And yeah, as the commenter said, Maybe it'd be more satisfying and probably not even though, but to win without a head coach over Ryan Day. Um, but it's going to be way harder to do that without Jim Harbaugh. So you want all hands on deck. You want the, you know, probably the best coach in the country, in my opinion, on the field, on your side. And that's just what, you know, common sense would say. Give him due process. Let the process play out. And, uh, you know, you would hope that that's how the court rules. Yeah. And Ferris Khan, good question here. What does Petiti, why does he leak to the media first? How does that help him? Because he's got mouthpieces out there, Ferris, that say, hey, if you do this, this uh, you know, do us a solid, we'll scratch your back right back. Right. And uh, uh, what an embarrassment. Uh, what an embarrassment for this conference and for this commissioner uh, who some people, I think it was, was it uh, Brett McMurphy? Had interviewed, he said, industry source compared him to the Pac-12 commissioner. Yes. The Pac-12 has two teams left. He says, I don't think he meant that in a flattering way. This guy's a clown. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? And he has he's placing these articles out there, having people write these these puff pieces, his PR firm saying, oh, Tony Petiti is strong. He knows what he's doing. This guy's just so far in over his head. 
here you are treating your cash cow this way. Could you imagine the SEC treating one of its teams this way um, over sign stealing? And with all due respect, again, to anybody who thinks this is the biggest scandal in the history of the Big Ten, Jerry Sandusky, should, do, we, do we need to go on, down the list any further than that? That's the only thing that we need to say. No, right? your argument's that. done right there. Absolutely. Yeah. What, a, what an, an absolute embarrassment for Tony Petiti to say that. Uh, man, come on. He doesn't know the Big Ten no. well enough to even know he's like, that. He's an MLB TV guy who, by the way, in speaking to a lot of people, said he was terrible at that job too and nobody could stand him there from some of the sources that I've talked to. So anyway. The Big Ten's bots two hires in a row. Yeah, they sure have. Kevin Warren t- sitting there and, and avoiding every question, every tough question by talking about the people he hired doesn't do it for you, Clay? No, not particularly. No, me neither. All right, <laughs> Anthony, let's go. Let's move on. Um, uh, oh, I man, did just question. Yeah, Barry. I just Barry. wanted to – Barry Eastbrush uh, had a $10 super chat that basically yeah. was asking about everything we just discussed. So retroactively, yeah. Barry, uh, hopefully we covered that for you. asked what were the chances that TRO was approved as opposed to rejection, rejected, what are the chances that Michigan is looking into another conference in the future? I, maybe, do you have any quick thoughts on that? I mean, I right do. now it feels like a little, it feels emotional, but yeah. is there merit to that? It wouldn't be immediate, but I do think right now, and speaking to the people, the higher-ups at Michigan, and let's be clear here, okay? We speak to the people, you know, in, in positions to, to make decisions here. Uh, they believe at this point that I think that the relationship between Michigan and Tony Petiti is irreparable at this point. So is it going to be an us or a him type of thing? I don't think it's going to be immediate, they say, but in the long run, you know what? They've got options, man. Uh, Somebody said they bring in, what, a third of the revenue for the conference or something like that, and Ohio State brings in a third, and then the rest of the teams bring in, uh, you know, the rest of it. So uh, I don't know if that's true, but I do know that the Michigan brand would be extremely attractive to a lot of people. So it is going to be fascinating to see how it plays out, guys, but – Man, uh, the beating that these guys are taking, uh, again, uh, there's a human side of this, too, that uh, some people getting dragged through the mud. That whole Blake Corum thing with Connor Stallions, which is a nothing burger, and people keeping stuff in the media and trying to disparage a kid uh, who's one of the better kids that we've ever covered. Uh, some people need to get a grip. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like we've said from the start, I just I feel like it's been – I hesitate to, like you said, I hesitate to do the witch hunt thing. Oh, cry victim or things like that. But it's been so deliberately unfair, the process of this whole thing. Like the Big Ten wouldn't do this to Ohio State. That's a fact because there have been worse, more embarrassing scandals to them that hasn't haven't been covered like that or haven't been handled like that by the league. So we'll see where things go from there. But uh, yeah, a lot of it's just it's hard to even get too worked up over because it's just so. I just feel like if that goes to court for Michigan, they have a pretty strong defense there for how unfair it's kind of been to them. Uh, Shane Johnson, our buddy for 999, says, my first Michigan road trip was surreal to say the least. Large student section was raucous, but the rest of the place was underwhelming. KG, definitely play of the year. Donovan's uh, 22-yard touchdown on third and 11 was the offensive play call and play of the year. So being that you two were there, uh, speak to what uh, what Shane had to say about that. Yeah, Shane, uh, I'm going to let Clay talk about the um, – he was down on the field, and I encouraged him to do that. I got him the pass on the sidelines because I was there in 1999, I believe it was. 98. It was 99 when uh, Tom Brady beat them. They came back from, from uh, I think, 10 points down in the fourth quarter. And uh, what a fantastic experience and a great crowd. And it really is a great game, great crowd, Shane. I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I think they're loud. They are into their team. And uh, and frankly, it's a it's a great environment. I'm not up there with Nebraska, 
Um, and Ohio State's just crazy. Those people are nuts. Uh, you know, you got 10-year-old girls there that are drunk before they go into that game. Fun last but, year. Yeah, it was fun last year. So um, Quiet last year. It was. Okay, KG, <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year. They're, that's why they call him the gift from the football gods, Shane. Uh, you got this guy. And, and granted, Katron Allen had, had to slow up a little bit, but – Kenneth Grant chasing him down. It looked like a grizzly bear trying, you know, chasing some guy trying to get away and and grabbing him was fantastic. Uh, and I love the kid too. He's a kind of like a, a gentle giant, right? When you talk to him off the field, one of the best kids that you'll ever want to talk to. And then the call on third and 11 was one of those that I tweeted today was like the fan base is going, no, no, what are you doing handing the ball? Oh, wait a minute. Those guys were so aggressive getting up the field. That was the perfect play call at the perfect time. And once they got a two-score lead in that game, fellas, and I understand that Penn State was still chipping away by having to go on fourth downs just about every series, um, I really felt that Michigan wasn't going to lose when they got up 14-3, to and that's exactly how it played out. Yeah, and even uh, you know, even with the eight-point lead, it felt weirdly comfortable knowing that Penn State was going to need a touchdown and a two-point conversion to even tie the game. So I thought Michigan – Played it well at the time. You were kind of thinking, okay, a little conservative here. Only two, uh, only two first down passes the entire game, and those were, I think, early on in the game. So an interesting strategy to say the least, but it paid off. And it kind of reminded me of the Iowa game last year, where you know they weren't quite this many runs in a row, but they were a little bit conservative, knowing that hey, you got the lead, control the clock. That eight minute drive to get a field goal in the third quarter was huge. But Donovan's run on third and eleven, absolutely massive. Agree with you, Shane. KG, he was talking today saying that his play, he didn't think anything of it at the time. He just had to, they allowed a big run. He, you know, he made the tackle, got up or whatever, but he said that everyone was talking about it after the game and uh, cool to see that. I saw Donovan got up to 19.6 miles an hour on one of his runs. I want to see the, uh, the tracker, the GPS, what they got on KG on that, on that rundown. But as far as the environment, um, certainly by the student section, it was extra loud. Like when Michigan got pinned at the three and then they run the one play, which we were saying down there, cause I was down on the student section side where they were about to go back to that side to start the fourth quarter. We were saying you need positive yardage here on this first play. Cause you're about to go right in front of the student section. They got a couple yards. Uh, they ended up punting anyway, but I thought it was a questionable spot, but couldn't tell exactly by my view on the third down run to Donovan. Um, but it was loud. It was loud, especially early. They were playing all the hits um, and, you know, trying to catch Michigan off guard or, you know, try to try to create some chaos for them. And Michigan had to, you know, take a couple timeouts before some delay games. Mike Hart was the the timeout guy. I thought he did a good job there calling him with a second to go. Um, but it was a good environment. But I will say in the second half, when, Ohio, uh, when uh, Penn State had the ball, there was no confidence in that building at all whatsoever that that offense was going to move the football. And Really, they didn't until that you know drive when it didn't even matter as much at the end there. Yeah, and I want to say something here in response to Signaler. Uh, if you can call up his comment here, maybe I can. Uh, how about that? If the O-line can polish some things, they can be almost perfect. they got to polish a lot of things, Signaler, because they were not good early on in that game. Uh, you had a right tackle who graded out at zero in pass protection, which is unheard of. Carson Barnhart, with all due respect, needs to be better. Uh, I love that guy, and he is better than he played. We saw it last year against some really good teams, especially Ohio State. Uh, but you cannot have that against a team like Georgia, for example. Maybe you get away with it against the, even against Penn State uh, because they were able to run the ball a little bit and they stuck with it. Um, I, I was impressed with that and the way that they improved in run blocking. But these guys need to be better. I think they understand it. Uh, but it was good to see them get the running game going uh, regardless. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they're going to be – Chop Robinson might be – 
one of the best guys they faced all year, you know, even if you do play it, you know, some of these teams, but there are still some good edge rushers out there. You're going to see them in a couple of weeks. You're going to see them in the playoff if you get there, which you hope to. So they've got to kind of figure that out. And maybe you get the win, you come out of Saturday knowing, all right, we do have kind of an issue here. We got to make some adjustments, whether that's chipping with a tight end or a running back, shifting the protection to, you know, put you in better situations. Then I think they they realize that they're going to need to do that because JJ cannot be running for his life, even though he is very good on the run. Yeah, you got to protect much better. It was just one of those weird outlier games. And again, I, I I'll make I'll, I'll plant the flag on this now. Uh, Jim Harbaugh or not, I think that Ohio State's getting stuffed into a locker next week, mm. and I I'm not going to move off that. That's how I feel about it. That's what I'll say the next week or so. Um, the thing that does concern me about Sharon Moore taking on, you know, acting head coach, offensive coordinator, offensive line coaches, to me, two of the, I mean, the Bowling Green game and this this game on Saturday were probably the two worst offensive line games we've seen this year. And I think that there's something to be said about him being able to hone in and make sure that those guys, you know, he can make those adjustments. And, and the adjustment this week came in the form of play calling. Um, and I know there was a little bit off his plate given that he just let Minter uh, handle the defense, but that is something I think that's worth, that's worth keeping an eye on. But uh, I'm with you guys. I mean, once they got up two scores and then you see Franklin chasing points in the first half, you're like, they have this game. Just don't turn the ball over. And Thanks, uh, to their credit. Yeah. He's uh this is the other thing that bothers me. And we knew this would happen too. Now all of a sudden, because James Franklin showed his ass in another big game. He's now three and seventeen all time again or at Penn State against top ten teams. Now it's oh well Penn State was overrated anyways. So like that uh it didn't matter. You didn't need Jim Harbaugh. And I I get I mean that's just I get tired of that kind of stuff. But um yeah. I thought the fourth yeah. and six I thought the fourth and six from his own thirty with four and a half minutes to go was fantastic too. And when Michigan got the ball back and I was watching this clay, you know how the crowd was in a frenzy when Michigan had the ball up to that point, you know, really into the game. When Michigan got the ball back at the 30 yard line, it was a murmur. And on the next play, you could just tell, you know, it's like part of them are probably thinking, what the hell are you doing, coach? You know, uh, you, you basically ended the ball game here by going for it on fourth and six. If you punt and hold them again, what, what you have for much of the fourth quarter, you're going to get the ball back again and you're going to have a better chance with four downs on, uh, on every, every uh, series to try to get your touchdown. But um, it was classic. And, and going for three, going for two on when you're down 14 to nine just before the half was a Gary Moeller move. God, God rest in peace, uh, Gary Moeller. And I brought this up, 1990, Michigan versus Iowa. And uh, he said, well, we got this chart, you know, that we follow. I'm like, yeah, but Gary, you don't bring it out until the fourth quarter there, fella. You know, we love you. But uh, <laughs> it says use in fourth quarter only. It's like do not open until Christmas, right? Use in fourth quarter. Uh, you don't chase points in the first half like that. And then they had to do it again at the end of the game. I didn't have any problem with that one because then at least you know you're down two scores. And even if there's only two minutes left, you know what? You know that you have to go really, really fast because you need two scores. But the one in the first half was hilarious. The fourth down decision was hilarious. And uh, the guy is just a gift that keeps on giving. We hope that they sign him to a lifetime contract. You know yeah, what's funny it, to me is that uh, James Franklin's chart is like a half-finished Sudoku puzzle. Like that's – that's what he uses to inform his decisions. So um, I've also have never seen a halfback pass on fourth and one before. That's a first for me. Go If that doesn't work, 
Uh, then you just look, it's like, then it's like the field goal that a uh, fake field goal that they tried a couple of years ago. Right. And it's just like, but Hey, if it works, you're a genius. Just look at Dan Campbell of our Detroit lions. Right. Uh, you know what? A couple when it doesn't work, he was an idiot. When it does work, you're a genius. So uh, James Franklin though uh, is no genius. I know Dan Campbell and uh, James Franklin is no Dan Campbell. Uh, well, any other final thoughts coming out of the weekend, coming out of the press conference, we'll talk a little bit of hoops here in a minute. Yeah, gutsy win. And to anybody who says, who tries to minimize it, uh, we all know that you are just echoing what your networks are telling you to, to say, right? Now it's, oh, you know what? It wasn't that big a win. And uh, was it Danny Cannell that said Florida State had a better win against Miami this week or something like that? Uh, these guys are clowns uh, in the national media. A lot of these guys and are, are frankly, uh, it's amazing how the narrative switches, but everybody shares it, right? At, at some of these networks, one in particular, where, okay, this is what you need to say this week. And we were talking to one of our buddies who called me. He was having lunch with a play-by-play guy at one network, and he said, hey, by the way, the guy that you see at the desk is just reading what his network is telling him to read. And then you hear all these wow. guys saying it. It's unbelievable. It is a coordinated effort to basically spread a narrative here uh, that is, frankly, a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, and Michigan is, you know, the last thing I'll say is it, it feels like this team is blocking things out, but they're also listening to it a little bit, using it as fuel. Um, you know, and their last year was the happy mission that Jim Harbaugh talked about. This year, it's, you know, they certainly are playing with joy and all that. They got some anger mixed in. You know, I feel like they're they're kind of mixing this, this you know, potion up. And, you know, th- this could be a recipe for them going on quite the run here over the next potentially uh, five more games it would be, I guess. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. My favorite quote from the weekend was Trevor Keegan saying like, oh, you know, people are saying there's a storm coming. He said, nah, we are the storm. And it feels like this team is is galvanized. And beyond that, as Jim Harbaugh talked today, the administration, the athletic director, the board of regents, you know, the president, the football program, everybody's in lockstep right now, galvanized. Um, and it might just be America's team as Jim Harbaugh said, which might have been trolling uh, the rest of the country, but I thought that was hilarious as well. Then he was standing up for his guys, uh, which is great, you know, and I'll say this, man, uh, they don't, a lot of these guys, uh, this is just, just a great group of kids. You know, we've, we've been on some teams before where you're like, man, this guy's a prima donna or this guy's got one foot out the door. This is as good and tight knit a group, tight knit a group and as good a collection of kids uh, that I've ever covered. And I've been, again, I've been around for a while, right? I, I literally am a grandpa now. So, um, to their credit, they to be able to block all that out, guys, and do what they did. And that environment against that defense uh, was fantastic. And, again, uh, you know, Penn State's offense is certainly not the standard. Uh, Drew Aller was in way over his head. Who was the clown that, that compared him to J.J. McCarthy and said that Penn State had the advantage there? I don't recall. Uh, but that was about the most clownish comment that I have heard in a season's worth of clownish comments. So keep up the good work. Well, JJ outplayed him by throwing eight eight passes. So he outplayed him by throwing eight passes, right? Uh, yeah, just fantastic. You know, it's funny. His QBR was like ninety six point four or something. Still, so still efficient yeah. given the workload, which is probably ninety um, probably ninety more than Drew Allers in that game. <laughs> yeah, um, that that guy couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. I have a couple of super chats I want to clean up here super quick, um, and then we'll talk a little bit of hoops to close things out. Uh, Shane again, uh, 999 Super Chat says, Jim Harbaugh presser, the best of his Michigan <laughs> career, tremendous. Uh, CB not looking ahead, Maryland stinks, but could the 50th anniversary, the last time both teams came in undefeated at the big house with all of that, 
is going to is that going to be the biggest one ever? Hmm. It's a big one. And, you know, you look at a couple of years ago, it uh, was obviously huge as well. I mean, last year was obviously a huge one in, in uh, Columbus, but um, there have been so many of them, you know. And it's funny, though, because, you know, there is, and Michigan's belief, Michigan's strong belief, uh, and I want to make that clear again, and we wrote a column on this, is that Ohio State is most likely behind the private investigator. Um, we have some, we have seen some things on that. And we will have some things to share on that probably uh, down the road here uh and shortly, but uh, that really puts a stain on this rivalry, right? You've got a program that I think a couple of years ago had 400 and something secondary violations or something like that. I, I forget the number. It was absolutely absurd. And for them to sit there, I mean, you want to talk about the pot calling the kettle black here, you know, uh, it's, it's frankly, it's unbelievable. And everybody's saying, well, if Michigan were to leave the big 10, you know, what happens to the Ohio state rivalry? I don't give a damn anymore. I'll be honest with you. Uh, these guys, what an absolute clown show this has been. And uh, frankly, I couldn't care less if they played Ohio state. We've talked about Michigan state. What does Michigan gain by playing Michigan state every year? Other than you get to tailgate with your friends, right? Uh, it gives them more time in the spotlight. How many people do you think are going to be watching Michigan state and Indiana this weekend? How many people are going to be watching Michigan state and whoever, right? Uh, not very many, you know, I think is, is that for the spit platoon or the spittoon or something like that? I don't think even so. Know. Yeah. Whatever it is. Uh, nobody gives a damn. So to me, if this is the beginning of the end between Michigan and the big 10, I'm a traditionalist fellas. And I frankly don't give a damn. Yeah. I never thought uh, I would say that that you would have a possibility that I would be on board with Michigan leaving the big 10. Cause I've been against all this realignment, but the way Michigan has been treated by its own conference, where it's one thing for the NCAA to come in after everything and issue, um, you know, a punishment, everybody kind of gets that, even though everyone fights the NCAA, you know, tooth and nail, and usually they don't get much of a punishment anyway. Uh, but it's another thing for the conference to say, we don't even need to see all the evidence. We don't even care about finding all of it and we'll still punish you. Um, you know, that would that would make me very angry if I'm Michigan, especially when, like you said earlier, Chris, you are one of the cash cows, really, you know, probably 1A, um, you know, in, in terms of cash cows in the Big Ten. Uh, but as far as this year's Michigan-Ohio State game, it's it'll be right up there with the last few years. But given mm -hmm. everything that's gone on, the fact that the PIs may be behind Ohio State and the fact that Ohio State, um, you know, all their fans and everybody trying to, you know, invalidate what Michigan has done the last couple of years, if they're able to get that win, um, you know, to mark three in a row against the Buckeyes, it would be one of the biggest ever, if not the biggest. Um, and, you know, they're all right up there. It's like they're like your kids, as Jim Harbaugh said. I don't have any kids, but, um, you know, I would imagine how that's like. The, you love them all, especially against Ohio State. But this one, I think, would have a little bit of extra special meaning. Someday you'll have those yeah. kids loving in fruit and then you'll understand you'll get it. Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, college sports, tradition, rivalries, all of that stuff is dead and has been just perverted by money and greed and empty suits. So, I mean, any conversation you want, I, I mean, any conversation about change is just I'm numb to it at this point. So mm -hmm. you got to look out for your own back at this point, I think, is uh, is my biggest takeaway. But yep. I'm going to blow through a few more of these uh, just to shout some folks out. Uh, JC with a five dollar super chat says we're all getting beers in Indy, right? Well, JC, I'm planning. On, right. I'm planning on being there, uh, and I will get my Saint Elmo shrimp cocktail again. And guess what? I'll probably rub. You know, I'll probably get some of it in my eyes again too, because I can't resist myself. So um, <laughs> we'll uh, be there. We're going to the, we'll go to the cigar bar, JC, and we'll see you there, man. Yes. Uh, yeah, we got to make a resi for uh, for yep. Saint Elmo's on Friday night too. Mm -hmm. I got to do that. So. Yep. It's time to get on top of that. We're running out of time, fellas. Uh, okay. AM 
ten dollars. Uh, AM eighty nine for ten dollars. I know All's TD was more clutch, but I have to say Donovan's run on third and long will be the first thing I think of when I think of U of M in Happy Valley, especially after how this season has gone. So good to see him finally get up, you know, in a big game. Um, really, it's really Michigan's first huge game this year, but mm-hmm. uh, some of those big games have pulled out his best football, and that was good to see. Yeah, it was fantastic, and I agree with you. Um, you know what? Good for him, man. You can just see the relief and the joy uh, of him getting into the end zone. He's had a rough year. Let's be honest. He's better than he's shown. His line has not blocked very well for him at times, uh, but this kid is going to be a, a fantastic pro. He's got the speed. He's got the hands. Um, he's still, at sometimes, even on one of his long runs, he ran into the pile before he saw, <laughs> okay, there's this hole here. We're all, we're all up there go. saying, hey, go to the right. You know, go to go to run a daylight, kid. But I think he's a little shell-shocked, but uh, fantastic for him. I was really happy for him. As Donovan Edwards said after the game to Jason Avant, he said, Donovan Edwards is always ready for the big game. He's talking in third person now. That means you're big time. Um, but no, I Donovan Edwards is, you know, I haven't covered, you know, that many players, you know, only being in fifth season here, but one of my favorite dudes to, to cover. I think he's a great kid. He's been through a lot in his life. In the, in the fact that he has not been, discouraged by what this season has been like for him personally. And the fact that he, every time you talk to him, he's talking about the team's success and how he can't get down on himself because the team's winning. Uh, it's really impressive. And, you know, taking it in stride that Blake Corum came back, you're not going to be the featured guy after what you did becoming a legend at Ohio state, the way he's handled himself. Um, you know, I'm sure his dad and, and obviously uh, anyone that knows him is extremely proud. Yeah, AM89, thanks, by the way, for your contributions on the board. They are appreciated. You're a great addition to the board. Yes, absolutely. Uh, one last thing on Donovan. I know that when Blake comes back, there's a lot of guys that probably take that news and head right to the transfer portal. There's a lot of guys that early in the season maybe get out to struggles and aren't having the success that they were hoping for. They're the transfer portal. He's stuck through it. He's been positive the whole way, and I think that big things are coming for him over the next few weeks uh from yellow shirt guy for 9.99 he shouts out doug skeen here and says i'm ready for a good chicken sandwich on november 25th so are the buckeyes get your chicken sandwich and get the hell out of our stadium you cowards (laughs) so uh be men you know what take your losses like men and and quit blaming everybody and everybody else you know what uh get your chicken sandwich and get out of here get the hell out and thank you shane johnson thank you yellow shane johnson back in for a dollar 99 says michigan fans are louder then the Penn State non-student sections. Of course, he was there Saturday. Right. You guys were there. Pound for pound. Yeah. Okay. Especially in big so. games, right? A Michigan-Ohio State game, uh, la- the last one in the snow. You could hear the freaking noise between uh, behind the glass, fellas. It was fantastic. You got it in you, Michigan fans. They're going to need you on the 25th. So um, I-, I can't wait for that one, guys. If, I can't wait. If he's I talking about – If he's talking about Michigan fans at the big house, then mm-hmm. – then I would say certainly. I thought he was talking about the, the people that were at the – Oh, I, I, I don't know, at the game. Um, pound for pound they were. Th- those Michigan fans were making noise, and they kept coming closer and closer as the game went on. Yep. And uh, and they made it pretty loud there at the end, and the, the scene afterwards was was absolute mayhem. Yeah. Uh, Go Blue 982 for $2 says, if U of M wins out, are they banned from Indy? Uh, without more evidence, no. I mean, right now the punishment is the three-game suspension, correct? Even with – even with more evidence, evidence of what, right? That, hey, right. some coaches knew or something like that. Uh, they're still talking about due process here, and I think that Michigan would fight that. I don't think the guy's got the balls to do that. If he did, that would basically be signing 
uh, that would be the end of the relationship, I would think, between Michigan and the Big Ten. We, he can go back to the Big Ten schools now and say, look, you wanted us to take Harbaugh away and give you guys this advantage so that you had a chance to win these games. Michigan kicked the living shit out of you, Penn State, at your place. You know, you guys embarrassed us. You know, I did I did you a solid. You know what? Now, if you beat Ohio State, say you beat, like somebody said, if you beat Ohio State without Sharon Moore, what, what the guys, Petita's got to go back and say, what do you want me to do now? You want me to spend all their players just so, so that Iowa has a chance here, make them play with their second team? Just shut up. Let's just, just stop the insanity here. I'm just excited uh, to see the the reception Petiti gets if Michigan's celebrating a Big Ten championship when he steps on that stage. We'll have something on that. I heard I got a little tidbit on that uh, today. As a matter of fact, I'm not saying that they're prematurely celebrating here, but I think there are some plans uh, in the works for their celebration. Yeah, big one here from Mowerman USA for twenty five dollars. He says, "Has anyone considered the possibility that Stallions may be a nutcase groupie?" The text he sent the manifesto. The way he followed the team for years, more than one person who wrote a manifesto have done some very crazy bad things. Well, okay, I want to say one thing right off the bat is that Connor Stallions was part of a sign-stealing operation. He wasn't running a cult. He wasn't, you know, he didn't commit any crimes as far as we know. Um, I'll just Maybe boil it HOA down violations. Perhaps. <laughs> With the lawnmower business. Oh, my God. Um, this is just so much noise for what ultimately is some petty level level two level three type of you know allegations or ultimate punishments it's just i mean the guy's gone uh michigan hasn't had its sign stealer for whatever it is three or four weeks they played without their head coach on saturday um i don't know what else this team needs to prove they're just good they're just good that's the problem that all these teams are have right now. This the only reason they it's the only reason they beat us. You know, no, it's not. You can point to five or six uh, examples going back to last year. First of all, in the Yahoo article, they said, uh, "Well, most of these teams are wise to it anyway, so they're already changing their signs if they're smart." Ohio State did last year, and they got run by twenty two points at home. So this is a coping mechanism. Let's be honest here. If Ohio State fans are going to be honest with themselves, this is part of this is a coping mechanism for getting the living shit kicked out of you at home. And and how many points should it have been, Clay? It should have been 29. should have been 52, 23. But the the, the league pitied you, and on a fumble that was scoop and score, uh, if they don't blow it dead after the fact, Michigan puts up a 50-burger in your house. And there have been – there's been word that Ohio State probably had Michigan signs in that game, too, because them and Rutgers allegedly were sharing with each other. Uh, so not only did you have Michigan signs and not Michigan didn't have yours, you got run uh, and got beat 28 to three in the second half. But it was really 35 to three, as Clay said. So but thank you so much for the 25 bucks more, man. And I will say this. Uh, it's very clear that Connor Stallions um, was was. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm not going to call him a nutcase groupie. Uh, I might go so far as to call him a groupie, though. Uh, And it's very clear that uh, he really, really loved this football team. Uh, He did say in his statement that, hey, he had no knowledge that any of the other guys were doing this and involved in this and, um, you know, been a good soldier in a lot of ways. So uh, and, you know, people who knew him said he was a, a pretty good guy that I've spoken with. Obviously, he made a big mistake. Yeah, I can't help but look no, I was just going to say I'm closing the queue for questions. We yep. have three, just three quick ones here, but go ahead, Clay. I was just going to say I can't help but find – like I can't wait to see what they uncover next about Connor Stallions. Vacuum cleaning, whatever. Um, you know, as long as it's, you know, innocent stuff like that, this guy's fascinating to me. <laughs> this could be a hell of a E60 or 30 for 30 someday. <laughs> yeah. In five parts, if it's a 30 for 30. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Good Lord. 
No doubt. All right, what do we got? We've got three more to go. We've got Michigan basketball tonight. And these guys, I'll tell you what, I like these guys. I think uh, Anthony is frozen. Yeah, is he frozen? Yeah. Uh, okay, Zach Libby, 199. Clay needs a Raiders oh, hat. Not. Zach Libby, you're fired. Uh, Raiders, <laughs> get out of here with that shit. So, sorry, I'm on a roll tonight. So, uh, Zach, Thank we love you, you man. Yep. Uh, Richard, also Brooks, 499. Do you think pass pro improves at home? I would like to see more a few chip blocks. That's fair. Uh, you know yeah. what? Don't worry about next, Richard, because every game is different and every game is unique. And some games you're going to have to do what they did uh, to, to win. Uh, and they just wanted to get in and get out. Uh, I do think it improves at home. They're not going to be facing a couple of defensive ends like they saw against uh, Penn State. And it did seem somebody noted that looked like Penn State was jumping the snap. Uh, I think that's absolutely true. So the snap counts. And um, so. I think Michigan will be better against Ohio State. I think Michigan will have a little bit more to prove against Ohio State. As Anthony said, I think you're going to see the best version of Michigan that game, don't you, Clay? I agree, and I was going to say two things. One, I agree. I was talking about that with somebody yesterday, how being at home is completely different for an offensive line when it comes to, you know, they're all trying to communicate, and J.J.'s running in screaming, uh, you know, checks and, and the play call and everything. That's going to be different at home. And then, uh, you know, the second thing, we saw the Mammoth package, the 7-0 lineman. They ran that 14 times Love against it. Penn State, which is insane. Uh, 17 with at least six. Um, they had that wrinkle, Sharon Moore said on the radio uh, show afterwards, since summer. Well, I'm sure they have a couple wrinkles for Ohio State, too. In fact, I would mm -hmm. be willing to bet heavily on that. So there, there are going to yeah. be some different things that they have ready to go, as they always yeah. do. Some of Jim Harbaugh's best work comes when he's saving different things and setting things up throughout the year. So it's going to be fun. Yes. I uh, guess uh, big Clayton Mays out last year, trumped Beaver works for me. You were there brother. So we're going to take your word for it. Uh, did we have one more? Um, I don't think so. I think Justin, I, don't Courtney, think so. I think Justin Courtney did ask, he said, when could Michigan realistically, it would, it wouldn't be immediate in my opinion. I think there, there's a contract that goes for a while. Justin, I think also asked about what the sign thing was and he didn't understand it. The defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz uh, made some stupid little video about uh, get there early, be loud in the third quarter or something like that. So they gave it, they shoved third it right down. down his throat. Yep. So there you have it. Down. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, uh, well, Anthony, you can get to, can tell everybody goodbye. All right. I'm back to say goodbye. Uh, God, Xfinity sucks. No free. I mean, that's, we're not, a, they're not sponsoring us and they probably not anymore. No. no, no, we're done with them. Um, anywho, thanks to everyone for, for tuning in a little bit of an abbreviated show. We've got a basketball game to watch tonight. Michigan looking to move to three and O as they take on that vampire, Rick Pitino and St. John's. Uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you to all the wonderful questions and super chats. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, we'll be back with you soon. The three of us will be back Thursday to preview Saturday's game. Uh, another last road trip Real of quick. the year, at least for the regular season. What's up? Real quick, Michigan needs to stripe out their vo sports venues. I'm not for that. Uh, you know, wear maze, whatever, be loud type of thing. But I get it. Go Blue 982. It does look kind of cool. All right, let's go watch some hoops. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, appreciate it. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.